We can also have Lawrence come up to the drum set. Uh, on the keys, my bad. So, Juan, you're here, man. He's an awesome brother in the church. Uh, uh, I mean, listen, this guy's just full of joy, right? Uh, the minute you come around him, this is the testimony he has, right? The minute you come around him, you just feel happier. You just feel happier. He has such, he has been impacted so much by the love of God, and he cannot help but share with anybody, whether it be at his restaurant, whether it be when you come to church, uh, whether it be to his own family. This man is a man that has been changed, made radical, just completely did a, a 180, all thanks to the love of God. So give a hand for Juani, a, a fellow deacon from the church. Go ahead, man. Amen. Yeah, I'm super stoked to be here. Like Lauren said, my name is Juan, and uh, I'm 27 years old. I'm a deacon at the church. I, I became a uh, um, service director of the of the church on Sundays a couple months ago. It's been probably the coolest promotion I've ever had. I've had some pretty cool promotions lately. I just want to talk a little bit about kind of like where I work and maybe a little bit about who I am now, just so I can give context to where God has uh, brought me and where like kind of where where he's what he's saved me from and brought me to. So. Um, like I said, I'm 27. My parents gave me a restaurant when I was 21 years old. I don't know what they were thinking, but they were like, here, you should work here because you don't have anything else going for your life. That was around the time I met Jesus, um, and God has done so much things to that. So since my parents gave me the restaurant and since getting saved, my the restaurant that my parents told me to work at is now nationally ranked. So we're in the top 100 restaurants in the country. And on top of that, thank you, Jesus. Yes, by God's grace, we are we have that title. Um, on top of that, I, I also have a, a clothing company because I went to school for art, and that was what I always wanted to do was pursue art. And on top of that, at the restaurant, I have a clothing company now um, that, that has been seen on some pretty uh, high-profile celebrities. And so God has you know, brought me in success in that too. But I say those things because a lot of people will look at the life that I live now. They'll see a successful business, a couple successful businesses. They'll see... Uh, me married, two years married, and we just found out that my, my wife is, we're expecting now, so we have a baby on the way. We're super excited about that. <laughs> and so a lot of people will maybe look at the life that I live or the, uh, the things that I, I talk about maybe on social media, and they'll say, like, man, I bet you that dude grew up in the church. They'll be like, nah, I know that dude. He probably went to mad youth services. That dude, he's been, he's, he's been in, in and out of church probably his whole life. He's been known God. And they, I, I feel like I've heard people say that about me. And, and I realize that's probably because I need to get better at sharing my testimony. Because the truth is, is that that is not who I am. I did not grow up in the church. I didn't grow up knowing Jesus. I didn't grow up having a relationship with God. I, I've been in jail more times than I've been to Elevate. I, I got arrested, I think, five or six times before I was like 19 years old. And, and I spent my whole life up until the age of 22 when I got saved really searching. And I never, I'm super excited to share this little snippet because I wish someone would have told me at this age what I'm about to tell y'all is that more of whatever the world is telling you you need more of, if it ain't Jesus, it ain't going to work. More of whatever the world is telling you you need more of, I'm just going to say it one more time, if it ain't Jesus, it ain't going to work. You see, when I was in high school, my teachers told me I needed more self-awareness. Okay, they would tell me I needed more self-control, because I would talk a lot. They would tell me I, I needed uh, more respect for elders, which is probably true. 
But they would say these things in a way where it was like, these are the things that you need to live the life that you are called for. Or these are the things that you need to live the, a good life or whatever that may be. Well, I went out of high school and I realized that not only did I need more, more self-control, but I also now started to believe that I needed more relationships. I thought that more sex would be the answer to the life that I was looking for. I thought that maybe more drugs would be the answer to the life that I was looking for. I was also into like graffiti and stuff like that, so I thought more fame through graffiti would be uh, the answer to the life I was looking for. But as time went on, you know, more drugs, more relationship, I started to experiment with my sexuality. I thought that, you know, if women weren't good enough, maybe guys would be good enough. And the, the more I got more of everything that people told me that I needed of, the more lost I realized that I was. The deeper in confusion that I realized that I was. People told me more relationships would be good. Somehow I got more relationships and I was lonelier than ever. So crazy to think, how do you get more relationships with people, more friendships, more sexual relationships, more business contacts, but still go home and look in the mirror and be like, holy smokes, I am lonely. Look in the mirror and not know who the person staring back at you is. It's a crazy feeling. A lot of times we, we could be at this age right now, 17, 16, 18, think those things maybe don't matter, but you'll get to my age and you'll be like, wow, I really do wish I know who I was. It takes a kind of like a, you really have to think outside of who you are in the moment. You have to think almost existentially to be like, you know, who am I? What is my purpose? So God, thank God. God saved me from all that. 22, my brother invited me to church. 21, 22, my brother invited me to church. And I went there saying, I'm a good dude. I'm a great dude. Yeah, I might steal. I might have been arrested a couple times, but I help people out a lot. I'm always quick to give something away. I really thought I was a good dude. But true love came into my heart. True love came October of 2013 into my heart. And God convicted me of sexual impurity. God convicted me of the stealing. God had convicted me. True love convicted me. And I, and I think about it. Think about all the things I identified as back then. I identified as, you know, maybe who I slept with. I identified as the different, you know, social cliques that I hung out with. I've been a skateboarder my whole life. I've played sports my whole life, identified as that. Identified as maybe the traumas I had went through, you know, arrested six times, you know, whatever, grew up in whatever neighborhood. I didn't grow up in a bad neighborhood, but, you know, you plot people could identify as that. And when I came to Jesus, it wasn't like, man, Jesus set me free of, it was, what I realized is it wasn't just like Jesus set me free of sexual immorality. Jesus set me free of, of my, my addiction to, to attention. Jesus set me free of my, want, my, my longing to, to belong. But what I realized is that Jesus didn't look at any of that. He, Jesus called me not just to identify with these things, but he called me to identify as holy. And I pray that over you guys, that you see that Jesus didn't just save you so you could be free of X, Y, Z, but he saved you so you can be holy. You don't have to identify as what I heard a smart Christian woman once say. You don't have to identify with what you've been through, but rather by who you love. You don't have to identify by the hurt you've gone through, but rather who you serve. We serve a good God. We can identify as that. Amen. I want to share a couple scriptures because the theme was true love waits. 
So I was thinking, like, well, how do we wait? You know, like, how do we, once we reach this true love, well, well what do we have that is going to allow us to, to, to really wait for our, our loved one to come or, or maybe go after the right loved one? And I realized that it's very simple. God has given us the answer. First off, the Bible says that God has already given us everything that we need to live a holy life. A holy life. God has already given it to us. So if you've accepted Jesus in your life in this place, no matter what you came from, you now identify as a child of the God of the living God. No matter where story, who you used to hook up with, what streets you used to hang out in, what you used to do in your in your in, the, in your pastime, you now have true love. True love has now entered your heart through the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that a couple things. The Bible says a couple things. But the Bible says that his divine power has given us everything we need to live a godly life. Everything. If you accept Jesus Christ in your heart, God has given you every single thing that you need to live a godly life. That's, that's found in 2 Peter. And, it, and it, it, he has given us everything for a godly life through our knowledge of him. So we need to research him. And we need to look into the things of him so we can have everything we need. That's found in 2 Peter. And another verse that I wanted to share. So, so you already are equipped is what I'm getting at. You are equipped, young man. You are equipped, young, young lady. You have everything you need to live a perfect life for Jesus. That's an amazing thing. But then I want to think like true love waits. So when we find that person, how do we know that's the right one? Well, thank God the Bible lays that out pretty clearly. The Bible says that if someone has the Holy Spirit, which is who is going to which is going to be a very important characteristic to somebody you're going to want to marry, right? Or someone you're going to want to date and pursue. If someone has the Holy Spirit, you will know by a, a handful of, of uh, very obvious traits. Galatians 5 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. What does that love look like? Well, it looked like some joy. It looked like some peace. It looked like some forbearance, which is kind of like self-control. It looked like some kindness. It looks like some goodness. And the Bible said it also looks like faithfulness, gentleness. So when you, young person, are looking for somebody who you think is worthy of waiting for, you better make sure they have those characteristics. And you better make sure you're exemplifying those characteristics as well. And then lastly, I wanted to share something about what love looks like. See, the person that we wait for, we want them to be a person of God. But I think about how God exemplified waiting for us whenever we were ready to turn to him. So we want to make sure that the person that we wait for is like the Lord. And the Lord says that, that true love, where there is true love, there is no fear. Perfect love drives out fear. So do not have fear. God has the perfect person for you. Do not fear that. And until that point, you need to study him, know him. And exemplify those characteristics of him. And so I want to I wanna thank you guys for listening to me, sharing my testimony. I do want to share one last thing. I was thinking about, man, I got to get better at sharing my testimony. And then I thought to myself, I, I kind of had a thought in my head. I was like, man, why, you know, it's interesting. God brought me through all these things, you know, to share. Or it's just interesting that God brought me through all these different stories in my life, different areas, that I've, different things that I've experienced. And I, I kind of thought to myself, like, man, I wonder why God brought me through all those things. And I realized that all of our testimonies are so strong. And, and no matter where you came from, it's, it's amazing that God saved you from that. But check this out. In the Bible, 
God talks about all of heaven rejoices when one sinner gives his life to Jesus. All of heaven rejoices one sinner. That's my phone telling me I'm talking too much. All of heaven, one sinner. Check this out. If God brought you through all of heck on this earth, if you done been through the mud, if you done had people break your heart, if you've had a family that left you, et cetera, et cetera, man, if God brought you through all that, for you to share your testimony and one person were to get saved, through all that, man, it is so worth it. If God brought you through some straight mud and at the end of all of it, if one person got saved because you were able to share that testimony, think about that. All of heaven rejoiced for all the mud you done been through. So let's close our eyes and thank God. Let's close our eyes and thank God for testimonies. Thank God for the patience that you have, that you are putting over these young people's hearts, God, so they will be pure and they will wait for the right one, God. Thank you, Lord, for explaining clearly what it means to be a child of God, for explaining clearly what your fruit are, God, and, and how it looks in people's life and they have you, God. Lord God, I pray that all these young people will forever be attached to the vine, God, like your word says. May they bear much fruit, God. May they always be attached to you, Lord. And Father God, we thank you for all that you're doing in Elevate, Lord. We lift Elevate up high, God, to you. We pray that every word that comes out of Elevate be the perfect word of God, God. May everything come from you, flow from you like rivers of living water, God. In your mighty name, Jesus, we thank you for all you give us, God. Amen. Give a hand for God, what he did in Juan's life. You know, the, the beautiful thing of having everyone uh, just come up and testify is this. No matter what you think, what they're, what they're saying, it's true. Juan, he was in homosexuality. He's been set free. He was addicted to drugs. He tried all these things, and he was set free, and he was made holy. Everybody say Holy. That's a, that's a big thing in the Bible, right? Can anyone, does anyone know why that's a big thing in the Bible? Why is being holy such a big thing? Who said that? Of course, TJ. Why? Say it a little louder for the people in the front, TJ. For God is holy, right? But why, why do we have to be holy? I mean, that's God, right? Like, you don't see us all of a sudden creating things out of thin air. Amen. Say it louder for the people in the back now. Let TJ hear you. Because we are made in his image. He has made us to be like him. So let's be like him, right? Now, here's the thing, right? When it comes to uh, true love and how we are waiting and what to do while we wait. You see, now that we have been made holy, or, or some of us, we don't even really know what that means, and we're still trying to understand that, this is not in a sense to all of a sudden go down, like bash you down, like, oh, you're not holy, we're so much more holy than you. But like Juan was saying, right, was he was made holy. What we've been, what's been echoed throughout this whole service are, wow, we were so, all of us were so unholy, be it God was so holy, but he became just like us so we could become just like him. That's really what's been echoed through this whole thing, through the songs we're singing, you're so worthy. God, you've captured us with your love. Is that no matter what we did that was good, it all ended up worthless. But yet everything that God did, right, that was for us, it was done out of a state where he is completely worthy. It's, it's almost mind-boggling. And this is the question I have for you. Is he worthy enough to wait for marriage, to be pure, is he worthy enough not to live like the world? Is he worthy enough 
to save yourself for the person he's made you to be with. Is he worthy? Right? Now, if we can turn to 2 Corinthians uh, 6, 14 through uh, 16. You see, right here, let me just lay the, the, the framework for you guys. The Bible has actual advice for us. God actually has a kind of like a opinion, some people would say, but the truth is it's fact. It's completely fact. His word is really command. It's not just opinion. So this is his command for us when it comes to dating and marriage. It says, and even just relationships, it says, do not be yoked together. Everybody say yoked. Now, I know some of you come across this and you're like, bro, why the heck would I drop some eggs on myself with another person? Like, I don't want to be yoked with someone. Right, Christian? Like, doesn't that sound kind of weird to you? Yeah, right. I mean, come on, dude. You don't want to drop eggs on you. That, that sounds like a weird reality game show. Right? No, yoked is different. Uh, actually, man, Oscar, I know this is off the fly, but while I'm preaching, could you find a picture of a yoke, right? Now, the, the yoke in the Bible is not talking about Y-O-L-K as seen right there. It's talking about Y-O-K-E, right? So it's not talking about the yoke and an egg, but it's talking about what, ste- uh, what steers and guides oxen. Anybody ever seen an ox before, right? I really haven't seen an ox in a long time, so they got a like a little horn comes out of here, out of here. Uh, but what they're used for is harvesting the field, right? Now, here's the thing. Why is this so important? That Why is God relating us to things that are used for uh, to be yoked? Well, it's because the oxen served the master. No matter what it was. Now, God's not saying we're animals, but there's a purpose for that animal there, and it's to harvest. It's to help the harvest. So right now, you have to understand that we have to be equally yoked. That means we have to have a common master. That means there has to be a common, right? It can't be imbalanced. Like this yoke can't be all the way down here, and this yoke can't be all the way over here. The yoke has to be evenly balanced. That means the drive for our life, what's guiding us in our life, has to be the same. Why? Because listen, what this ox was made to do, can't do it if this ox doesn't want to do that. If this ox is going that way and this ox is going that way, they're not going to be able to do anything for the harvest. So here's the thing, if we can go back to the verse, the whole point of relationships according to God is to build the kingdom of God. Plain and simple. If you thought it was anything else, you've been mistaken. You thought if it was just to get it on without feeling any condo, right, without feeling bad, you're wrong. If you thought it was just to cuddle and watch Netflix, you're wrong. If you thought it was just so you can get uh, some girl to cook for you every night when you come back from work, you're wrong, even though that sounds amazing, right? Uh, If you thought it was just so you could have a dream guy with a six-pack that looks like uh, Shawn Mendes, you're wrong right? This is not what marriage or relationship was meant for. It was meant so that we could be yoked together serving God. Now, but here's the thing. We twist it in our mind. We're like, hey, listen, I'm I'm smarter than God, right? How many of us think we're smarter than God? If you raise your hand like Julian, I'm sorry, you need to leave because you're wrong, right? You're wrong, okay? You're not smarter than God. The God who created wisdom, logic, knowledge, I mean, some of us We can't even work a microwave, right? Some of us, we have a hard time tying our shoes. But some of us, you know, you're like, hey, listen, Joe B, I know you got all that. You're saying all that. But I got AP, bro. 
I know you've never had an AP class. I'm pretty smart. Don't test me. Okay, well, listen, God created what you're studying in AP. So listen, sit down and listen to God. Now, he tells Paul in here to write this basically by the Holy Spirit. He says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. So uh, if we can go back to that picture, right? So this is a believer. This is another believer. If this was a unbeliever, right, and this was still a believer, this oxen would be going the complete opposite direction and they would get nothing done go back to the other uh verse uh to the second corinthians uh so it says for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness what harmony is there between christ and belial which is satan there's another word for satan or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever so so get this straight real quick when you right when you're dating an unbeliever, when you're dating someone who's not serving God, right, and you're trying to get with them, what, this is what the Bible is comparing you to. Light trying to have fellowship with darkness. Righteousness trying to be wickedness. Christ trying to be friends with Satan. Plain and simple. Because, listen, your relationship, right, it is meant for more than just cuddles and chocolate and valentines. It is, has a bigger purpose. It is to serve God, to serve God, have the kingdom of God come to earth. Now, what agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? Idols were things people worshiped instead of God. That's like, what if I just took this mic and I started bowing down to it? Oh, well, not much to bow down to now because it's bowing down to me. I'm Horrible. Okay. Bad joke. I'm sorry. Thank you, Will. So it's like, what if I started like all of a sudden bowing down to this mic, right? And I started, oh, wonderful mic, right? I praise you, right? You guys would be like, man, all right, that's kind of weird. Of course not. But then what if all of a sudden I started getting all of my happiness from this mic, all of my joy? Then you'd be like, okay, well, you know, you really like this mic. I get it. You know, I get it. You know, this mic makes me, you feel happy. You do you. You do you, girl. Go ahead. You like this mic. You worship it, right? And, and well, well, let's say this mic was a person, Oh, this person makes me happy. All my joy. I just want to live for it. Live for this person. I want to live for my girlfriend. I want to live for my boyfriend. Then it becomes more natural. Like, okay, that's all right. But here's the thing. The Bible says, right, what does the temple of God, which we have become, have in common with idols? Nothing. Because idols is where they're worshipped, and, and temples of God is where God is worshipped. And it says, for we are the temple of the living God. We are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. So here's the thing. What do we have to have in common with the person in order to date them? Right? Noah, give me some of your favorite bands, favorite rappers, favorite musicians. J. Cole, okay. That was, that was my favorite rapper back in the day. Who else? KB, okay, okay. All right, you can look. I like that, like that. Okay. Any, anybody else? Yeah. Huh? I'm a movie? Or I'm a band? Oh, I'm a band? I'm a band? I'm a rapper. You're right. I am a rapper. Dude, thank you. You're encouraging me. Okay, what about favorite movies, right? Favorite movies. Creed? Okay, what about another movie? Spider-Man? Okay. Okay, what... Uh, asylum, asylum history, American asylum, whatever that. Okay, okay. Well, hey, listen. All these things, we literally will date someone because just of those things. 
Like, oh, man, they got my favorite music. I got to rock with them now. Oh, this, that. You know, we have all these shallow things in common the whole time this person's serving Satan, serving money, serving themselves, and you're trying to serve God. It's not going to work. So what do we have to have in common in order for us to have a relationship according to God? We have to have godliness. Everybody say godliness. So if we go to 1 Peter 5, 5, you need to, uh, we need to all understand the attributes of a godly man. So it says right here, in the same way, you who are younger, how many of y'all are under 35? That's like everybody in this room. So this applies to literally everyone in this room except a couple people. That's it, right? In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All you clothe yourself with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, shows favor to the humble. Turn to Titus 2, 7 through 9, please, sir. So all of us who are younger, right? I mean, we got Christian. You're about, what, 17, 16? 15, we got Mello. He's at least like 14, 15 now, right? Ooh, come on. Uh, Jeremiah, he's 14. Noah, he's 16 now. 15, right? Jeremiah, you're 15. Gosh, I have a problem with Jeremiah. So, right, all of us who are younger, listen up, all of us who are younger, we are to be humble, right? Now, it says, similarly, encourage the young man to be self-controlled. Ooh, that's a hard one. I know Juani was testifying about how he had no self-control, right? And it's saying right here that young men are to be, to have self-control and everything set them an example. Set them. Who's them? Who are we setting an example to? The world. Set them an example in doing what is good and your teaching show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned. That means judged against guilty. So that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have literally nothing against you. They can point nothing to you. If you can go to the next slide, please. They have nothing bad to say about us. So, yeah, they have nothing bad to say to you. So here's the thing. If we go to, uh, now if we go to uh, Proverbs 5, that's the attributes of a godly man. I'll show it on a slide, but I want to read these verses real quick. Attributes of a godly woman. Go to Proverbs 11:22. Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. Real quick. That is a weird verse. Think about this right now. Think about a pig, right? Imagine, right, uh, Julian, he sees a pig, and he's like, man, this pig, whew, this pig is cute. I'm going to put a ring right on it. You're such a pretty pig, right? We don't go up to it. We don't, we don't care about Wilbur the pig right now. We're not going up to Charlotte's Web's uh, pig. We're not, we're not. No, right? We don't think pigs are beautiful, right? But why are we saying like a gold ring and a pig snout is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion? Because listen, your beauty is about as comparable as a pig if you acting crazy. If you can't act right, it don't mean that you're cute. It don't mean that your Instagram post got 30, uh, like 300 likes. It don't matter. It don't matter. If you show in cleavage, it don't matter. If you sleeping with every guy talking nasty to them, it don't matter. It does not matter. You are literally about as beautiful as a pig with a jewelry in their snout. Right? But why? Why is, why, why is he saying that? If we go to uh, Proverbs 5, 1 through 6, well, listen, this is how God thinks literally 
of the adulterous woman, the wayward woman, the woman who can't control herself. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Turn your ear to my words of insight that you may maintain discretion. So he's telling him to maintain discretion. Choose wisely. Your lips may uh, preserve knowledge for the lips of the, uh, what kind of woman? That's a weird woman. That's a woman who loves to have sex with someone that's not her husband. So that, that means, right, if you're getting it on, one night stands. If you're getting it on, you've been with a guy for 10 years, you still ain't marry him. I mean, first of all, you're kind of dumb because he's showing no commitment. He could leave you in a second. And you would be left with nothing but two kids, right? No discretion. But the adulterous woman, their lips drip honey. So he's saying, you want to stay away from that woman because their lips look seductive. Turn to the next slide. It says, and her speech is smoother than oil, but in the end, she is as bitter as gal. The gal is something that was, like, really nasty. Like, just think of, like, almost like black coffee times 10. Uh, sharp as a double-edged sword, right? That it cuts right through you. Her feet go down to death. Where she's going, her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought. She has no discretion, Right? To the way of life, her paths wander aimlessly, but she does not know it. All she does is care about Netflix and chilling with the next dude. She don't care. So if we go to Timothy 2, 8 through 12, well, how's a woman supposed to behave? How's a woman supposed to act? Well, th this is what God is saying. Now, therefore, I want the men everywhere. Goes the men real quick. Lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. I also want the woman to dress modestly with decency and proper uh, propriety. That means... Propriety, sorry. Um, slipped my mind. Who said that? Like that, Jeremiah. I see you, you're a reader. Adorning themselves and not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or perils or expensive clothes, but with good deeds. Okay? Think about back to the pig. Think about the pig, right? Think about a, a pig putting on the best hairstyles, the gold, the pearls, expensive clothing, but it's still a pig. So you think you're beautiful. You're putting on this makeup. You got your contour, your contour. You know what you, man, you, you slaying or whatever. That's what you think, right? But listen, if you don't have good deeds, go to the next verse, please. If you don't have good deeds, if you're not dressed appropriately for a woman who profess to worship God, then listen, the Bible's saying you kind of look like a pig, then he continues to say, and I'll explain this, a woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. So a lot of us are like, a lot of us are like, man, I'm a feminist, bro. Don't you ever tell me to be quiet. If you, and you know, I, I grew around, I grew up around Puerto Rican girls, so not trying to be racist or nothing at all. I'm Puerto Rican. I know I don't look like it, but I'm Puerto Rican. I grew up, I grew up around them. I know if I ever told them to be quiet, to relax or to say, hey, listen, you need to tone down a little bit, they would go at my soul. They would be at me, right? Back in the day, the Bible was talking about how women, they used to dress with hairstyles that showed they were ready to get it on, right? And what he was saying was, listen, you need to refrain from those hairstyles. Then they were also trying to uh, usurp authority from other people. So he had to tell them to be quiet, he had to tell women in that church to be quiet. So if we go to the next verse, please. It says, daughters, uh, not that verse, sorry. Go to the verse before that, sorry. So if we go to the previous verse, real quick, think about the pig. 
has to have good deeds, right? That's, what's make, that's what makes a woman beautiful. If we go to the, the PowerPoint really quickly. I want you guys to understand just how simple it is. How The Bible makes it very clear. A lot of us, we don't understand the type of person we have to be, but God makes it very clear. Can you put the PowerPoint on, sir? You, didn't, you can't do it? It's not, huh? I sent it to you. Okay, well, let me just make it real simple for you guys. Everyone pay attention very Briefly, right? A godly man, right, is humbly serving God and older men. He keeps God's commands and has a good reputation. He is self-controlled. He's an example in his integrity and how he lives. Listen, a lot of guys here, I know I kind of went in on girls for a little bit, but listen, guys, we cannot think, right, that we are above serving God. If you, and listen, this is because a lot of us, we think we can just get any girl, that life is about getting girls or whatever, but it's not. We have to focus on ourselves. Who are we as men? Who are we as men? Before you consider dating, you have to examine your life. Are you humbly serving God? And then not only that, but are you serving older men? Are you keeping God's commands? Do you even have a good reputation, right? Are you self-controlled? Can you control yourself or are you just a lustful pervert? Are you a pervert? Are you a liar? Are you a a thief? You can't control where your hands go. You can't even control the words that come out of your mouth. You're about a slave to the devil as anybody. You shouldn't consider dating. You need to get right with God. He is an example in his integrity, how you live. Do you cheat? Do you steal? Do do, Do you act as a hypocrite when no one is looking? Or do you talk with seriousness? Do you have a sound mind? Are you genuine in the way you live? Listen, this is what a man is to be. If you're not like that, right, you need to get right. You need to grow up. And then, ladies, are you chasing this type of man? Are you chasing this type of man? Are you okay with some guy who's a clown and a goofball? He can't take God serious for a second. I'm telling you, a lot of the guys in this place can be like that at times. But yet you guys flock to them. Why? Because you have no discretion. Godly women should be full of faith, full of love, full of holiness. She must dress modestly. That means, listen, you're not trying to gain attention to how you look, right? Because, again, back to the pig analogy. You look like a pig with some jewelry, What you're going to get is basically guys that just want you for your body, just want you for your looks. Dress modestly. You want to show them where you want the attention at, not how you look or how you dress, how much makeup you have on. Because what happens when you're old? What happens if you have to have surgery? You know, we had a president called John McCain, and not to gossip about him. You know, I pray that he repents, but he left his wife because she was disabled. But that's the type of man you will find if you don't have discretion, if you don't dress modestly. She must be willing to be a good mother. You got to understand, serving God means eventually becoming a mother at one point. Unless God calls you to singleness, then you can still do this. You can be a mother to other children, orphans. But you have to love young people. That's how God made you to be. And gentlemen, if you're looking after a girl that hates the little brother, hates the little sister, what do you think they're going to be like to your kids? 
come on now. What, what do you think? Like, why are you chasing women like that? They got no patience. They're going to be snapping off on your kids. You're not going to know if to trust them or not. A woman must be quiet or slow to speak and submissive. That's right. In this generation, women are taught to usurp the man or dominate the man. Listen, you can do anything better than a man. Listen, men were created for a certain thing and women were created for a certain thing. We try to mix that up. Guess what we end up with? Chaos. That's why some of us, well, a lot of us, we didn't know our daddies. Because our mommies couldn't get along with our daddies. And our mommies chose some daddy who, hey, man, listen, he was, he was pretty much a player. He just wanted to get it in real quick and leave. And then some of our dads just went after the easiest girl, as they say. And this all right here is how our generation is living. We're just looking at the shallow. We're not looking at that person's heart. We're not looking at that person's character, how they live, if they worship God. So... Woman, are you, are you this type of person, an immodest person with no discretion who instead of being full of faith, love, and holiness, drips honey from their lips and draws people away from God? Man, are you chasing after this woman? If I can have Stephanie come up, please. If you can go to Proverbs 4.23. See, this is, this is the thing, what to do while we wait, right? I gave you the instructions about what man, a man is supposed to be, a godly man who is humble and obedient to the commands of God. He is self-controlled, an example of good behavior by the way he lives, he speaks, and he thinks. He helps older people, he's self-controlled, and he serves them, and God, and he has a good reputation. He's not known as the pervert. he's not known as the dude who just goes with, with every girl, then a girl is someone who is full of faith, love, and holiness. She must dress modestly. She must be slow to speak or quiet and submissive. She must be a good mother to her children or others. She must worship God. You see, these are, these are attributes you want. How many of you guys want someone, right? How many men want someone who is good to children? Amen? I mean, what, what man wouldn't want that? That's so unattractive to see a woman yelling at a, at a child because they got no patience with them. But how many women want a man who can control themselves so you can trust them with your best friend, right? How many women want a man who can love their kids and be humble and serve you and their kids, right? These are things that are obvious. We just don't want it. What is it? Why is it that we settle? Why is it that we settle for something less than God's best? Why? Why do we settle for people that could care less about God and could care less about you? They just want sex. Or why do we settle for people that just use us? Why? And I'm telling you this. It says in Proverbs 4.23, while we wait, right, we have to do this. We have to guard your, our hearts for everything you do flows from it. Right? Going back to the worship song, we are telling God he captured our heart, right, with his love. But listen, that some, for some of us, that's not true. We've let, we've let people destroy a lot of things in our heart, come into our heart, tell us lies. We've, we've, we've given them affections we shouldn't have given them. We've done things with them we couldn't do. We shouldn't do unless it's with our husband or our wives. We've, we've done that, and it's messed up our heart. We feel damaged. We feel like we're broken or unworthy. But here's the thing. God is willing to save you to change you if you go to first timothy uh 2 uh, 11 you see 
It says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to some people, to good people, to pure people. What, how, to how many people does, salvation is, does grace offer salvation to? All people. It doesn't matter if you've had sex before marriage. It doesn't matter if you have lustful thoughts, if you're addicted to pornography. It doesn't matter if you come from a broken home. It doesn't matter if you, you've had so many messed up relationships, broken relationships, you can't even count them. It doesn't matter. God is willing to save you. But it's not just the salvation. God doesn't just save us with his grace. The grace begins to teach us to say no to ungodliness. What do we have to have in common with the person we date then marry? Godliness. So God, his grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness, no to worldly passions, and to live a self-controlled life upright. And godly lives in this present age. If I can have my altar workers up here. You see, God, he's, his grace is what teaches us to be godly. I could get around and tell you, listen, you can't have sex outside of marriage, blah, 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 all these things, right? But you're still going to do it if you don't have God's grace. You're still not going to serve God if you don't have his grace. You're not going to find someone, right? If you don't have the yoke on you that's given from God then you're going to find someone that is equally yoked with you, serving the devil just like you. So this is what I want to, to encourage you guys to do, right? Yes, think about your future, your future husband. He has to be humble. If he's not humble, he will lose patience with you during a certain time of the month. That's just the truth. He will lose patience with you. He will not care what you have to say. He has to be self-controlled. If not, he will cheat on you. He will. He has to be someone that is willing to serve elders, or he will not care about your mom. And if he doesn't care about your mom, his mom, he will not be willing to care about your kids. He has to be a worshiper of God. Godly woman, you cannot be focused on your appearance to the point where you worship yourself, and that's all you present, that's all you have to offer. You have no good deeds. That's what's the most attractive. What are you doing for God? That, if what you're doing for God will attract who God has for you. Your deeds determine who you attract. If you're doing things for the devil, it's going to attract devilish people. If, if what, you all, what you only have to offer is your body and the things that seduce people, then that's who you're going to attract, people that are seduced. So God says to Clothe yourself with good deeds. Good deeds. That's what you should be, uh, the, the, the most attractive thing. You should be modest. You should be slow to speak. Don't get all crazy and wild thinking that you're going to get attention. You're going to be heard. Be, be wise. Be smart. Men too. But listen, woman, you, that is what God, God literally compares wisdom to a woman. What is that saying about you? You need to be wise. God intends for you to be wise then you must be a good mother, a good mother to your child in the future or to other people's children. This is what men of God will be attracted to. But if you're not doing this, listen, then you're not going to have the person God has for you. So in conclusion, we are worshipers of God. We are concerned first with our own hearts. Are we serving God? Are we serving God? Does the yoke that is light and the burden that is easy Right? Rest upon our shoulders. 
is God guiding us? Is he driving every action, every thought, every dream, every goal? If not, we need to repent and put that under God. As worshipers of God, we will be drawn to other worshipers of God. Some of y'all are only encouraged with the rapper, encouraged with the person who cheats on the girl, just encouraged with, with people who have physical features you're attracted to, but you could care less about godliness. Why? Because you're, you don't think God is attractive, period. You don't think God and the way he is, is beautiful, it's worthy. And that shows in the relationships you seek. But as worshipers of God, people who are godly, we are attracted to other worshipers of God, other people that are godly. Now, at the end, we, when we do find a relationship, you are to be equally yoked with them, two people made to reflect like Jesus in all that they do. So if you guys can all stand up and bow, uh, bow your heads. Listen, this was meant to... Uh, instruct you guys that listen God does care about how you're dating and who you're dating because dating is supposed to lead to marriage and marriage is supposed to lead to what serving God together it's really quite simple I broke it down made it really easy for you guys but at the end of the day it's this are you a godly person if not, listen, we have altar workers here that are willing to pray for you, willing to talk to you, willing to instruct you about how you should live as a godly person, how to become a godly person. Again, it's for the, by the grace of God alone, repenting, turning to Jesus. Now, this altar call is also for people who are dating someone who is not godly. You need to get right. You are not serving God. If you're attracted to someone who's not even a believer in Jesus or could care less about Jesus, draws you away from Jesus, then let me tell you this. Nothing but death is in store for you. Nothing but destruction. Nothing but heartbreak. So you come up as well, and you can know more about God. You can know more about what it means to be a godly person. Lord God, I thank you, Jesus. God, that you, you make the ungodly godly, Lord. That God, you change us, Lord. You take our worthlessness and you make us worthy, God. Lord, I pray for everyone here, God, those that are, that are looking to marriage one day and those that are not, God, that they would be pure, that they would be humble, that they would be obedient to you, God, obeying your commands and loving one another in agape love. God, I pray for everyone here that we would not uh, give in to our passions and our desires, but your grace would teach us to say no, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, for everyone here young, and uh, whether it be 11 or to 18, God, I pray that they would understand that this is pliable to them, that God cares about every facet of their life. Every facet of their life, who they date, who they have friendships with, God has a command for them. God, I pray that your heart would be, you would begin to convict hearts, you would begin to draw hearts to you, that you would begin to encourage hearts, Lord. God, we are thankful for you and your guidance, Lord. I pray that we would humble ourselves, including myself, that I would humble myself and obey you to be humble, Lord, to be self-controlled. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. So as Stephanie is singing this song, begin to reflect on your own life. Think about the relationships you've had, the relationships you pursued. Do you want God's best? Do you want God's best for you? Begin to pray that. Begin to speak to God.